Are listening to TKO on CFRU Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario, and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening, everybody? What is good with y'all? It's your girl Janan right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA and other combat sports, too. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of fighting and talk about notable fighters and athletes and how they all got started in the game and, of course, where they are now. So how is everybody doing today? I hope you guys are having a great day so far. Ooh, man. Uh, I know it's the beginning of fall. It's the beginning of September. And that almost equals to... Just getting back on your grind, especially if you took the summer off and now you have to go back to school or go back to work or what have you. I know it's a bit difficult in the beginning, but listen to me, you got this and we can all do this together. We're all in this together. It reminded me of that high school musical song. We're all in this together. Okay, so enough of that. (laughs) Man, I'm so um, happy to be here today as always because... uh, I feel like I say this all the time, but it's not my fault. It's the it's the sports fault because I was just about to say that we're in the best time ever when it comes to combat sports. I'm talking about MMA and I'm talking about boxing. Well, mostly specifically MMA, especially if you consider some of the events that took place over this past weekend. Um, uh, cough, cough. Um, I mean, UFC 242. Yes, of course. Yes, I'm pretty sure you guys already caught up with that event. It took place in Abu Dhabi. And it was, of course, headlined by a great championship bout, a unification bout, actually, between Khabib Nurmagomedov, the eagle Khabib Nurmagomedov, and the title challenger, uh, Dustin Poirier. Should I say the interim lightweight champion, Dustin Poirier? And he was going to be fighting off against the lightweight champion, period, Khabib Nurmagomedov, man, that fight was actually really, really interesting, and um, I we obviously broke it down last week on our show, but what I didn't know, and I'm sure a lot of fans didn't know as well, was how the fight was actually going to go down, and uh, it was just really hard to predict, although we had all the facts and stats on paper, and we could technically give you a prediction based on how each fighter had performed in their previous fights and their recent fights it was still all pretty ambiguous because we just didn't know how things were going to go down on fight night and at last it actually took place and now we know the results so yesterday we're going to be reminiscing a little bit about that Khabib and Dustin Poirier fight it was really really interesting and when I was watching the fight myself I could heal, feel my heartbeat just getting faster and faster after each round because I just didn't know what was going to happen the moment after because that's how exciting that fight was and that's how um, how close it was with regards to each guy having an equal chance of turning the fight into their own advantage so that's how great of a fight that actually was like I said we already know what happened but still I feel like it will be worth it to go back and reminisce a little bit about 
what sort of things went down and what each guy did and what they shouldn't have done and all that good stuff. So yes, that's pretty much what we have lined up for today. And also um, the UFC never disappoints because we have another UFC fight nights happening this upcoming Saturday. And yes, um, shout out to all my uh, Canadian listeners out there because yes, the fight night will be taking place in Vancouver in British Columbia. So if you are listening to TKO and you are from BC, well, um, first of all, shout out to you for listening to our show all the way from BC. And uh, if you are, make sure that you at least if you can't afford it, definitely do buy the tickets to go watch this fight card in Vancouver because we have a main event between Donald Cowboy Cerrone and he's going to be fighting off against the brawler Justin Gaethje in a lightweight bout so that by itself does just like should trigger you to to go out there and buy your tickets and go watch this event live but if you can go in person for whatever reason it is totally okay just Make sure that you stay home at night on Saturday night and watch this fight and do not blink because this is how exciting this fight is going to be going to be when you actually do get to watch this fight on Saturday night. So yes, we have Donald Cowboy Cerrone versus Justin Gaethje coming up this upcoming Saturday. So we'll be breaking that fight, that bout down today on the show. There's some other interesting fights happening on that same fight card, uh, which if we do have time, we'll get into those as well. But pretty much, guys, I really just want to get into what happened at UFC 242 over this past Saturday. And I just want to get into it. I just want to break it down because I feel like after watching that whole fight card, I've been keeping everything that I had analyzed in my head and I just have to pour it out, you know, and just just drop some knowledge on you guys. You know what I mean? So that's pretty much what we have lined up for today. And also, um, there was uh, some exciting fight announcements that were announced over this past weekend as well, which we're going to be talking about in the beginning of our, sh- of our show before we get into our breakdowns and reminiscing. So, yes, we're going to be uh, getting started with that. So that's pretty much what we have lined up for today. I know it's not a lot, but I hope you guys are entertained and have a great time while listening to this episode of TKO. So now... Without further ado, let's get started. Here we go. Yes. So, first things first, fight announcements. So, if you are aware and you do catch up with your MMA updates, you probably are aware that uh, there was a really interesting fight that was announced over this past weekend for the fight card, for the pay-per-view card, actually, for UFC that is happening once again in Madison Square Garden on November 2nd. So, uh, we all know that that fight card, uh, there were so many interesting fights that were being added to the main card of that whole f- November 2nd fight card, but we were still looking for a main event, something totally interesting and something that would intrigue the fans to go buy the per- pay-per-views and also the tickets to go watch this fight in Madison Square Garden. And what better fight than scheduling a great an interesting and violent bout between the one and only Nate Diaz and guess who? Jorge Masvidal. So yes, our prayers have finally come into effect. We all pray to the MMA gods, guys. I know I was one of the people who was so enthusiastic about this uh, matchup. I was praying, like I said, to the MMA gods that they will make it happen. And the promoters, guys, the matchmakers, they listened to us so well. 
and they scheduled this fight, this fantastic fight between Nate Diaz and Jorge Masvidal. Now, if you're not familiar with either one of these guys, well, you're like, okay, who cares? Like, it's just two other fighters in the UFC. They're going to be fighting each other. But no, this is very special because Nate Diaz and Jorge Masvidal will be fighting for a very special belt. And I'm not trying to uh, say the word out loud here on radio because I'll be fired. So I'm just I'm just going to say the abbreviations and I'm sure you guys will probably understand. So there will be a special belt for this particular fight that Dana White, the president of the UFC, has announced will be on the line between uh, for this fight between Jorge Masvidal and Nate Diaz. And that is the BMF belt. And that stands for baddest. MF that I'm not gonna say what it is but you guys already know so let's just put it this way it's gonna be for the baddest man on earth this is the belt that is going to be on the line it it is to crown the new and uh, I I guess the reigning baddest fighter slash man in the world and I'm sorry if if this sounded weird because I couldn't really say the remainder of that um, um, acronym but you know what I mean? So this is really interesting because Dana White also said that this is going to be a one-time, um, uh, this belt is going to be defended uh, just one time. And whoever wins this fight between Nate Diaz and Jorge Masvidal will be just getting this belt forever. And they don't really have to defend it. It's just the title will <laughs> go on to them. So this is pretty interesting, especially because of the type of people and uh, fighters that Jorge Masvidal and Nate Diaz are because we're mostly familiar with their, um, I guess, trash-talking and just uh, the the way they conduct themselves in the streets. So we all know Jorge Masvidal started fighting from street fighting, actually. If you, if you guys do remember, way back in the day, Jorge Masvidal was fighting for Campbell Slice. Um, you know, he was just uh, uh, fighting different opponents in the streets for Campbell Slice. The videos, I believe, are still available on the internet if you Google them. So, uh, yes, uh, Jorge Masvidal is a brawler and a true fighter because of that. And he's not really scared to bring it into into the ring and the octagon because it just has that um, street street fighting mentality. And that is very, very important in this particular bout that he's going to be having against Nate Diaz. Because Nate Diaz himself, you guys already know him from those uh, um, two fights that he had against um, the notorious Conor McGregor. And we all know him from the amount of trash talking that he usually does to his opponents. And uh, he honestly just doesn't care because he will go in there and try to maul you over and not just physically, but also with the stuff that he says outside the ring and also inside the ring when he's fighting you, he will trash talk you to death. And this is why this fight between Jorge Masvidal and Nate Diaz for the BMF <laughs> belt is going to be so exciting because whoever wins this fight will become the will be crowned as the baddest man slash fighter ever in the history of mixed martial arts. So I'm already so excited for the press conferences that are going to be held for this particular bout. You already know how entertaining and exciting they're going to be. And also for the fight itself, of course, because these two guys, like I said, they because of the fact that they have that street fighting mentality, mentality, 
they will definitely, definitely bring it into the octagon. It's not like they're going to play it cautious and just um, fight smart. No, they will actually go all out and put it all on the table. So because of that reason, I'm so, so excited for this fight. And I'm sure other people and other fans around the world are as excited, if not more, for this fight between Jorge Masvidal and Nate Diaz. And I'm not sure if I mentioned this before on the show, but Jorge Masvidal is personally one of my all-time favorites because of all the things that I just mentioned. So, man, this is actually a dream come true. So, first of all, shout out to the matchmakers at the UFC for making this possible. And I cannot wait until November 2nd for this fight between Masvidal and Nate Diaz. So <laughs> I'm so glad that I got that out of the way because I was so excited about this bout and I wanted to let you guys know about it. And now you know, so mark your calendars November 2nd, Masvidal versus Diaz. All right. So that was a fight announcement that I mainly wanted to talk about today on the show. And now, <laughs> yes, let's talk about UFC 242. Khabib versus Dustin Poirier, man. Of course, we all know what happened in Abu Dhabi and uh, Abu Dhabi being a, a very big, I, I think Abu Dhabi is the second largest city in the UAE. So that was great because um, a lot of people showed up uh, to the fight and I think the arena was sold out in Abu Dhabi. And that was great, especially for Khabib and his uh, fellow teammates who were also fighting on the main card of that UFC 242 fight card. Because we all know, of course, the majority of the population in the UAE is Muslim. And so is Khabib and his fellow friends and cousins and um, teammates. So that was great because they um, they were um, rooted for and cheered on uh, for the entire um, fight card. And that was great to see. We could hear chance of Khabib over and over when Khabib was fighting Dustin Poirier and even if um, Khabib's cousin um, uh, Islam Makayev was also fighting for the third last fight of the evening and uh, we could also hear a chance of Islam in the arena so that was great because they had all the support that they possibly needed uh, in that arena and I'm sure a lot of people from Russia also flew over to Abu Dhabi to cheer on for Khabib and his team and that was great. And speaking of Khabib, it also reminded me of uh, the fact that Khabib's father was also present in his corner um, during fight nights uh, or the fight itself. And this is because Khabib's dad doesn't really, uh, he's not really allowed to come to the U.S. or somewhere else if Khabib is fighting over there because of some, um, um, you know, legal issues and visa issues. But this time around, he was actually able to corner his son because the fight was happening in Abu Dhabi. And it was also much closer to Russia. So that was great uh, to see. And also when we watched the vlogs that were taking place prior to the fight, we also saw that Khabib's dad was really just trying to coach his son. And uh, he was telling him a lot of interesting things that I feel like... Um, Khabib wouldn't have really realized unless he was actually listening to his dad because his dad is very experienced and I believe he himself also has a lot of experience in wrestling and sambo so that was great because he was giving Khabib a lot of interesting tips and also he was training alongside Khabib uh, when Khabib was training hard for this fight against Dustin Poirier so that was really interesting to see and also let's talk about the fight itself um <laughs> so yeah i think it would be nice to talk about the main event and then some of the other fights that happen on the on the main card as well because yes i really do want to talk about the main event so when the main event started uh obviously both guys come in 
When you look at Dustin Poirier, he looks more ready than ever. And just from the look at his eyes, he looks so confident. And at the same time, like, although he was confident, but you couldn't really see calmness in, in, in him because he was just so excited about this fight. And he was just so eager to go out and get it and to get this win for himself against Khabib. And um, I really do admire that. First of all, I do admire the confidence and the fact that he was so confident in himself because of all the hard training that he had done and that he truly believed with every single cell in his body, he truly believed that this was his time. And if you went back and listened to some of his interviews, Dustin Poirier referred back to a former UFC champion and now commentator, uh, Michael Bisping, who had been fighting in the UFC at the time for about 20 fights. So he had one of the longest records in the UFC in the whole history of the UFC. And when he was um, noticed on a short notice to fight uh, the then champion Luke Rockhold for the middleweight championship of the world, uh, uh, M- Michael Bisping went in at a two-week short notice and beat Luke Rockhold and became the champion for the first time ever, although he was almost even thinking about retiring at that point. He still made it happen. And Dustin Poirier, when he was doing some interviews, he referred back to uh, Michael Bisping and he was saying that Michael Bisping was his motivation in this case because Dustin Poirier as well had been fighting in the UFC for so long and he had been putting in work over and over for so many years. For all the years that he had been fighting professionally, he had been putting in work. So he was truly saying that yes if Michael Bisman can do it then I can do it too and like I said you can definitely tell the confidence just looking at his eyes but like I also said he looked a bit too excited to be coming into the fight he almost looked like he just wanted to go for a finish and finish the fight early you know not really looking uh, not really having the calmness that you need to have in case your fight actually does go the full distance and the full five rounds in a championship fight so yes, that was a mindset that Dustin Poirier was experiencing at the time. And when Khabib came in, first of all, physically, if you want to compare Dustin Poirier and Khabib's body and physiques, um, Khabib looked the same to me, uh, although he did look a bit more um, healthy, especially because we know that Khabib in the past, he had had um, some uh, issues with weight cutting and whatnot. But this time around, he looked really healthy and just a little bit more slim and um, at the same time shredded not too shredded but he looked a bit more muscular and healthy at the same time if that makes sense but overall if i if i if i if i were to just compare the physiques i would give the physical advantage to dustin poirier because he looked more uh, shredded yes so that's in terms of physicality, but overall, Khabib looked really, he looked like regular. He looked like how he had been looking for the past 28 fights, and uh, it just looked like he was in there to, to go to work and uh, to, to just fight another fight. It didn't, he didn't really look too different from when you compared uh, his pre-fight look to other previous fights. So that's in terms of that. And when the fight started, things were really interesting. And it looked like both guys, they were really taking their time to figure each other out, sort of analyze what each person is going to bring to the table early on and to figure out each other's rhythm. 
And it was good. I mean, I would understand why Khabib would want to do that. You obviously don't want to go off and uh, be totally aggressive in the very first minute of your fight against Dustin Poirier because Dustin Poirier is the type of guy that will just start charging forward once he sees you charging forward as well. And it is during that time that you might possibly get clipped with a really nasty shot and get thrown to the canvas and be knocked out. So I would I would totally understand why Khabib would do what he was doing in the beginning of the fight and that was to analyze his opponent. But Dustin Poirier as well, he it felt like he was just looking for an opening to throw the right shot and to to just um, keep the fight um, uh, uh, being being driven in his own way, if that makes sense. So he afterwards, what he said was um, that he was just looking for a proper rhythm to get into in order to get into what he's prepared, what he had prepared for that fight. But the thing is, Khabib was just fighting so unorthodox. Like I said, he was, first of all, trying to figure out what Dustin was about to do. And then after he figured out that he wasn't really going to charge forward aggressively in the in the first um, few minutes, then he <laughs> went for his usual takedowns because we all know how strong of a wrestler and grappler Khabib Nurmagomedov is. So that's exactly what he did. He put so much pressure on Dustin Poirier. And when Khabib gets a hold of you... I feel like unless you're so powerful or if you're so sneaky to get out of that that clinch with Khabib if he's trying to pin you down on the floor or if if he's trying to pin you to the fence, there's no way that you're going to get out of Khabib's uh, grip because that's how uh, strong and skilled he really is when it comes to wrestling. So I feel like in that case, Dustin Poirier should have quickly tried to uh, done, uh, he should have done something so that Khabib was kind of distracted and he should have just quickly moved away from the fence and just broken the clinch and the, the, the grip that Khabib had on him. But like I said, it's really, really tricky with Khabib because once Khabib gets his hands on you, it's almost um, irreversible. Now, I don't want to make it scientific, but it's like when you bind a ligand to a protein and a biochemical reaction, and um, if your ligand is a prosthetic group, and I'm sorry because I just learned about this in class today, so it's just so fresh in my mind, but the thing is, it's it's a permanent bond, and that's how things are with uh, Khabib's wrestling if he gets his hands on you. It's almost impossible to break out of it. So that was how things went down um, in the first round between Khabib and Dustin Poirier. Now, when Dustin Poirier goes to his corner, he is advised by his coaches to go out there and to just release everything that he's been holding back so far and to be technically be more aggressive, which totally makes sense because this is his forte. If you're just comparing Dustin Poirier's striking to Khabib's striking, obviously Dustin Poirier has a better striking ability. So he needs to use that in his advantage, like just like how Khabib is using his wrestling, which is his forte in his own advantage so far in the fight. So Dustin Poirier really needs to put that into utilization and to just go for it because this is the championship fight, okay? This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You have to let it all out. You cannot have any regrets after the fight ends and just think back on the things that you could have done but you didn't really do. So this is what his coaches told him. And Dustin Poirier, when the second round started, he actually came out blazing. And this was really interesting because when he truly unleashed his punches toward Khabib Nurmagomedov, 
Some of his punches were actually really effective and they were able to wobble Khabib. So Khabib, he uh, took some shots to the uh, chin and he truly figured out how strong of a striker um, Dustin Poirier is. So what does Khabib do? Obviously, he doesn't want that to happen again because you don't know what's going to happen. If that happens again, you might just go down to the canvas. So what Khabib does is that he tries to maintain his distance and to stay out of Dustin Poirier's range, of course, and to... If he, if if possible, just dodge away um, Dustin Poirier's punches. That's exactly what Khabib does, and um, I I don't blame him. Like that's the most logical thing to do, and it definitely did work for him because after after Dustin Poirier threw like ten or so punches in in the form of various combinations, and when Khabib realized what he had to do to to stay protected from those punches. Dustin Poirier couldn't really throw any more effective punches because Khabib was just on the outside. And Dustin, first of all, he was so tired because of being pinned down by Khabib all the time in the first round. And because of the fact that, yes, his um, at the beginning of the round, his shots were being effective. But now he was throwing all these punches and they were not being effective. So, of course, he was disappointed. He was let down. And also the exhaustion was actually starting to kick in. So that sucked for Dustin Poirier. I actually felt bad for him, but okay, just listen to the remainder of the fight. And what happened, unfortunately, after was that Khabib, again, he went for takedowns. And while he was taking down Dustin Poirier, Dustin Poirier, of course, he's a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So why not take that, you know, um, turn that into his own advantage and try to do something um, so that he's able to submit Khabib Nurmagomedov. So that's what he attempted. He tried to go for vigorous guillotine chokes. But there were, the position that he was in, you, he couldn't have possibly made it tight enough to submit Khabib at the time. So Khabib got out of those and... Um, he just made some uh, uh, mistakes that you shouldn't really make against the wrestler. For example, Dustin Poirier, because he wanted to get out of that horrible position that he was in at the time, he kept turning his back uh, towards Khabib. And you shouldn't really do that because in that situation, then your opponent can just um, grab your neck, grab a hold of your neck and go for a rear naked choke. So, yeah, it was it was a bit risky, but I mean, I don't really blame Dustin at that point because he, he he had to do everything that he could do in his power to just stand up, stand back up and um, fight fight against Khabib at the time. So the second round ended um, and the third round started. And after about two minutes into the third round, uh, it, what shouldn't have happened actually happened because Dustin, he, while he was being um, out-wrestled by Khabib Nurmagomedov, he was actually able to secure another guillotine choke. And it, everybody thought that Khabib was going to tap, okay? But Khabib actually got out, got out of it and um, twisted in a way that now Dustin Poirier was in a bad position to be submitted. And that's exactly what happened because Dustin because of the fact that he was so gassed out and that he knew that he wasn't really going to get out of that submission position, he just tapped out before the choke was even tightened because he knew how tight that that submission position was going to be. So he just tapped out early. And so the fight was over. Dustin Poirier, unfortunately, he couldn't unify his interim belt with Khabib's belt. And Khabib, he is still undefeated. He is 29-0 and 0 in his professional career. He only has one fight left until he reaches that 30-0 and 0 perfect record. And 
First of all, I just want to say shout out to Dustin Poirier for showing such a big heart because I know he got really emotional after the fight because he said that he could have done so many other things to to turn the fight into his own advantage, but he just didn't. And he said that he was going to live with this um, uh, with these whole horrible decisions for the rest of his life. And like I said, it was super emotional, so I really did feel bad for him. But shout out to him for showing so much heart. And also, there was a lot of mutual respect between Khabib and Dustin Poirier. And Khabib, man, it's just, it's out of this world. It just surprises me each time when he comes back on top and um, completely dominates over his opponents, no matter how strong they are. So shout out to Khabib for just being the GOAT, man. He is indeed the greatest of all time. I don't see why he wouldn't be considered the number one pound for, uh, pound, for pound greatest fighter of all time in mixed martial arts because he's he, he has a perfect record at 29 and 0 and also the way he fights in his fights he's so smart and he knows what to do to turn things into his own advantage so that's a great thing to have as a professional mixed martial martial artist so shout out to him man that was a great fight ufc 242 in abu dhabi and i'm just so happy that i got to talk to it uh, talk about it today on the show to you guys because now you guys know how i was feeling for the whole length of the main card and when i was watching all the fights that went down at UFC 242. Man, I talked about that a lot. Unfortunately, we don't have time to break down that Donald Cowboy Cerrone and Justin Gaethje fight, which is happening in Vancouver this upcoming Saturday. But make sure you guys give that fight a, a, a watch for sure because it's going to be really interesting. Of course, as Cowboy is going to be fighting off against the brawler Justin Gaethje. So that fight is going to be really interesting. That, uh, that will be happening at 8 p.m., I believe, Eastern Time. So Saturday, um, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, that's it. Cowboy Cerrone versus Justin Gaethje. So make sure you catch up with that fight as well. And unfortunately, I'm looking at the clock right now, and that is all the time we're going to have for this week. You guys, make sure you go to CFRU.ca to catch up with our previous episodes. And until next time, it's your girl, Jenna, right here. And this is TKO. Peace out. <laughs>